Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Dash Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Gimmage, and I'm joined by Alexis Shepard, a.k.a. the Afro Educator. We had a <laughs> podcast episode together recently that I hope you will go find the time to enjoy at theafroeducator.com or on your favorite listening platform. Before I get into the conversation with the Afro Educator, I got a couple updates for you. The main one being that you need to go check out seleducators.com. We got some major updates to the website um, and and things going on there that you don't want to miss to access all the good stuff we've got going on. And also follow us on YouTube at SEL Educators. But with that, Alexis, I'm actually going to start this one with my own story with my own little story about I love Afro it. Educator. Because I like just calling you the Afro Educator. You know, <laughs> the nickname just... I told my wife I got a meeting with the Afro Educator tonight. She's like, what? I thought, oh, Alexis, Alexis. <laughs> but when I, was, um, when I was a young pup, about six, seven years old, I moved back from Indianapolis to South Bend, Indiana. I started playing football and my best friend slash cousin, he had a big old Afro and I wanted to be just like him. So... But by the time I was eight years old, I had a nice big afro and I wore that thing out until I was like a junior in college. So some people wow. probably would be surprised even now, but I was Troy Palomalu in high school and, and had hair going down wow. my back and used to get it braided and twisted up and um, all that good stuff. I In college, I only wore the ponytail, though, so I couldn't I couldn't be an Afro educator. Uh that much longer so so i see you got yours you got yours twisted up too where did the afro educator come from what what is the afro educator alexis oh goodness okay so first of all it's funny you mentioned that because uh when i started the afro educator i did not have an afro and um for a long time, I actually had a fade. So my hair mm. was like a little bit shorter than yours is now. And it was funny because I had friends and family members that would be like, you're the Afro educator, but but you don't have an Afro. Though. <laughs> um, so I think that's funny. Uh, but yeah, so it really started with, um, I mean, t- to be kind of simple about it, I was trying to think of a Twitter handle back in 2018. I had had a Twitter previously, but Um, I had created this one with intention. I really wanted to connect with other educators. And I thought, I don't just want to use my name. I don't know why that was my thought process at the time. But I was like, I want something that I feel like really captures the essence of where I am right now and who Mm -hmm. I am right now. Me being a Black female was really important. And so I thought with the Afro, you know, you can't miss. I was thinking Afro, you know, more along the lines of like African-American. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And then I, um, you know, have been teaching at that point for like six years. And I was like, okay, Afro teacher just didn't strike me, but I loved educator because I thought it was more holistic and it was more encompassing. Yeah, exactly. And I felt like it was something that could grow with me. And thus we had the Afro educator. (laughs) Mm, I like it. That's a fun story. And then, you know, now here you are. how, How many years ago was that? Was that four years, almost five years? Yeah, almost five. Yeah. So it's been a little over four and a half years. It was, I remember the exact date. It was July 31st, 2018. Wow. Wow. 2018. And it looks like you spent maybe the previous seven years or so in the elementary as a teacher. Is that correct? Well, yeah. What got you into education and um, yeah, becoming that Afro educator? You said that's where you were at at that point in life. 
what became what because you were six years in at that point so being mm-hmm. six years in and then connecting with your identity to say hey I'm an afro educator I need to connect with more educators sounds like there's more of a story there that can be unpacked yeah so I had been teaching uh for six or seven years at that point. I think I was in year six, um, but prior to that, yes, I was in the elementary setting. I went back and forth between second and fourth grades uh, in both of the districts that I taught in, um, two separate schools. I mean, two different parts of the state that I'm in, which I'm, I'm based in South Carolina, uh, for those of your audience who, who may not know. Um, but so I had recently moved to a new district. I had been in that particular district for a couple of years. And um, when I first got there, I had felt reinvigorated. I was coming out of a season of burnout around 2016, 2017. And so by the summer of 2018, kind of going out of my sixth year and into my seventh year, I was starting to feel burnout again. But mm-hmm. it was a very different kind of burnout. So I think typically when we talk about burnout, um, or at least when I have um, kind of discuss burnout with other folks, had other folks discuss burnout with me. They talk about it more in this physical sense. You feel this sense of exhaustion and overwhelm. And for me, this burnout was really more about the red tape and just feeling so um, kind of bogged down by all of the bureaucracy and not really feeling like I could show up the way that I wanted to show up. And so I was frustrated. Um, and that summer, I had thought I was going to pursue a new career opportunity. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I pursued multiple new career opportunities. And, um, you know, I didn't get any of them. And I'll be completely honest and say I was a little arrogant. I was a little overconfident mm-hmm. and thought that I'd at least get one offer, you know, even if I decided that it wasn't the right offer. And so uh, by that summer, I was like, oh, my goodness, I, I'm I'm going to be teaching again. And I ultimately figured out that I was getting in my own way in terms of my mindset and of my attitude. And I thought if I'm going to show up this year and I'm going to show up well for my students and for my colleagues and for myself, I need to facilitate a paradigm shift so that I can move out of this kind of negative mindset that I'm in. And so I created the Afroeducator Twitter because I was like, you know, I have really siloed myself inside of my local community and the folks that I have to interact with every day. But what if I really, really reach out and connect with other people who might have similar experiences? And so um, that's really kind of how that evolved Mm -hmm. is it was really almost kind of a, a coping mechanism, I would say. And it was a way for me to, you know, be expressive. But my hope in being expressive was that someone else would not feel like I had felt, which was uh, kind of alone in my feelings. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, Alexis. That's a a strong story. And I think that that vulnerability or or sharing those stories are pieces that we don't typically see in the puzzle. You know, we there's so much information on on social media. Of course, we all know it and that people aren't showing their whole lives, but I think there's so much value in in hearing those failures because you can you can see me and mm-hmm. or see you and in, in all the podcasts and good things that are going on and not realize that it's it's failure that creates those opportunities. And right. sometimes it's just about showing up. So even mm-hmm. if you know a lot of folks will be scared and worried about applying for that new job in the first place or not do it because they might not get it. But simply by applying for the job, 
and applying yourself, you had that paradigm shift that you sought or you that that resonated with you to actually mm-hmm. make a change. So even though you didn't get the job that you were seeking, you got the opportunity that you needed and you got the growth yeah. that that is really the outcome that we're looking for. It's not what you get, i.e. the job, it's who you have to become. Um, and and I, I appreciate that alter ego um, in a way that you made to get there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I love that you mentioned uh, the failure and the fact that I was pursuing this one thing and what came out of it was something that I really didn't realize that I not only needed, but has been such a huge part of my growth, not just professionally, but personally. Yeah. I would not, I mean, we would not have connected through Teach Better had I not put myself out there mm-hmm. with the Afro educator. There's so many people and so many opportunities that even came out of that. And it all started because I applied for those jobs I didn't get those jobs. And then I needed a way to, you know, be able to connect with other people to share those experiences. Mm. Um, not not for the sake of a business, at least not at first, but really just for the sake of myself. So, yeah. um, you know, I really see that situation in hindsight as a win-win. And I have started telling people when it comes to pursuing any opportunity that I genuinely feel like you can't lose because either you're going to get the opportunity or this is going to be the starting domino in an effect of of something that's going to happen for you that is going to be for the betterment of your growth and your evolution. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at teachbetter.com slash podcasts, and we'll see you at the next episode. You win or you learn. As long as you're, as long as you're not making, I've got, and I didn't do it on purpose, but I've got my book. Um, Every decision counts here. The first chapter is called "Failing Got Me Started," mm. and that's what it's about. How you use failure as your first attempt at learning. And I think the second chapter is about making new mistakes. It's okay to try. It's okay to fail. It's okay to make mistakes. Just try to make new ones each time that you're going. And there's, I've got so many stories in my head, but I'll, I'll uh, just to show some relation with you. Last year, um, 2022, January 2022, I was a dean of students, and I was so ready to like spread my wings and fly away and go back onto my consulting journey. I had been a consultant full time, took this dean of students role to really get in there and understand what it's like to be in the trenches during the hardest time <laughs> to be an educator. And boy, was yeah. I was in the trenches and I was ready to go, Taylor, or excuse me, Alexis. Similarly, um, as I was about to leave my job, I spoke to my director and was having conversations. I submitted at least 15 job applications wow. and didn't get any responses. You know, like yourself, I was so mm-hmm. confident. I took a course and got prepared. And then like a key lever for me was, um, you know, it was some fear. And mm. I feel like I've got a successful business. I've, I've been making money for, for six years. You know, I, I was able to support the house and pay the bills for some time. And but it was a concern that like, man, if I go back full time, am I going to have the opportunities to get my bills paid? And, and through prayer, yeah. through conversation with my pastor, it was like, yo, Trey, you got to make a decision, man. Are, are you going to keep applying for these W-2s? Are you going 1099? Which one's it going to be? Because you can't, <laughs> you can't do both. And lo and behold, as soon as I said, you know what, I don't got the money in the bank account that I I expected to have, but I understand how to do this differently this time. And as soon as I made the decision to say, hey, 
I didn't quit my job cold turkey. I talked to the director and he said, we'll, we'll work until you, you know, get where you need to go. So I was able to work through the summer, but coming out, I have some great partnerships that help replace that salary and continue to, to multiply, you know, the income, but it was nothing at first, but just taking that leap over the opportunity started to come and pile up. And through that, I started to thrive in my situation mm. and realize like, hey, I'm I'm no good as an employee, to be frank. I've got to be in a position where I have that variety and autonomy mm -hmm. to serve and add value to folks mm. uh, at my leisure. W what was that like for you, Alexis, after you um, discovered the Afro educator? And, and there's a journey through it. Like I, I just made this switch after six years. You know, I'm in year seven now. And this is my second time going full time as a business owner. Mm -hmm. What was that journey like for you from starting your business and then really deciding how you're going to serve? Yeah. The educators. Oh, man. And and you talk about what's the journey like and, and I'm still in the midst of it. Right. And so um, it's been so it was really I'll be honest, it was very haphazard for about two years. And by haphazard, I mean, I put myself out there to connect with other educators. And what where the ball really started rolling was that I had posted or I think retweeted a few things about self-care. Mm -hmm. um, I hadn't niched down yet and really found out that I was passionate about that. But I had retweeted some things and had happened to connect with someone on Twitter who had his own podcast, who invited me to be on his podcast. Now, at this time, I wasn't really listening to podcasts. I wasn't into podcasts at all, but I thought it was a really cool opportunity. And so um, he sent me the questions that he was planning on asking me beforehand. And I just found that I could not stop talking about and thinking about these questions that he had sent mm. me. So I felt like, like a spark ignite. And then at the end of that podcast interview, I just remember feeling on the one hand, a little bit nervous because I didn't exactly know how to connect with someone on a business level. You know, I wasn't really sure how to mm. sort of seek out mentorship and I didn't want someone to think that I was taking advantage of them, but I was so new in the space. I was figuring all that out. And so I went for it. And I remember asking him uh, his opinion on, you know, what is something that I could really do to set myself up for success, you know, and potentially being able to help and serve more educators. Right. And his advice, as as many business owners will tell you, was to niche down and was to, you know, I remember him saying to me, think about that one thing that you want people to know you for. And he gave me some examples and he thought, you know, he kind of gave me this sentence frame. And he said, you know, you want people to think I go to Alexis because I know she's going to tell me some great stuff about blank. And I was able to fill in that blank with the conversation that we had had that day. Shortly after that, I had an opportunity to write for a website called The Educator's Room. And I was able to share my self-care burnout story. Mm -hmm. And it went semi-viral, as I'll kind of call it. And then she invited me um, the creator and founder of the educators room, who was also the creator and founder of the teacher self-care conference, mm -hmm. invited me to be a featured speaker um, that January of 2019. And things just kind of snowballed from there where I was invited to be a part of other conferences or other smaller events talking about teacher self-care. I found that people thought, and I say people because I didn't have the confidence in myself at that time or the awareness but people found themselves able to connect to yeah. my story. 
yeah. and, and to the humanity of it. And, um, and then there, there was a delivery piece too, where I also found an ease in connecting and relating to people. And so when those things kept happening for a couple of years, I'll say it was the beginning of 2020 when I really started to think about how I could layer in intention. And when I really started thinking about this as a business, when I really yeah. started thinking about, you know, how can I serve and also look at this as an opportunity to show up in the world and in my life in a way that I really want to. And so that looked like being more intentional about my content. It looked like not just being guests on other people's podcasts, mm -hmm. but starting my own podcast, having an evergreen source of content for people to go to and get that, you know, self-care, wellness, yeah. social, emotional, um, you know, sort of resources. Um, and so that's really, I would say the past two and a half, three years, it's been about me layering the intention into my business and also evaluating how I show up in my business mm. uh, versus how I show up in the world and making sure that those two things are congruent. So, yeah. um, you know, when I left the classroom a couple of years ago, there, there was another shift in that evolution because I realized I couldn't show up in exactly the same way because I never want to pretend that I have this exact, um, you know, sort of experience mm. if I haven't. I always want to honor where I am and where you are. I want to honor the fact that I, I was in the classroom for a decade. I do have that experience, but I also want to be able to amplify other folks' voices and for people to feel like I am helping and serving without co-opting their experiences. Yeah. Wow. Goodness gracious. Um, sounds like you've got some real clarity in the work that you're doing. And, and you know, you're right. It takes so much time to do so. Um, similarly, I feel like going into year seven, I know what I'm doing now. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm, I get it. You know, I, I understand my business and even that point to narrowing down your niche, which is something that's really difficult. I feel like at first, and I appreciate your story about digging in because you can think like, well, I don't want to leave this person out or I don't want to leave that person out or what, mm -hmm. what if I miss a sale here, miss a sale there. And it's that 80, 20 rule, 20% of the, your clients are going to give you 80% of your revenue. And if you can speak to that one, you'll reach everybody as well. I can remember that my first business coach that I invested in, he was a digital marketing coach, but he mm. was so good at digital marketing and explaining um, client acquisition, client service, client retention, and the processes to find and build networks. I said, yo, this makes sense for me, even though it's not my market. So, you know, niching mm. down and, and finding SEL for me, it's it's adult SEL all the way. That's it. Um, and now that I've narrowed down to that niche, I recognize that it's it's emotional intelligence outside. So as other people start to reach out or, or universities mm. start to reach out, I understand that the language that they'll use at a different level is emotional intelligence, but I can mm. still be very narrow in how I'm serving um, the clients and providing solutions in my area. So become your best self with bestself.co. They have 90 day journals, six month action plans, daily journals, gratitude cards, relationship cards, all kinds of things to help you become a better version of yourself. Visit bestself.co and use the code GAMAGE for 15% off your next order.
Uh, Alexis, for you, when you think about self-care solutions, I saw on your website, obviously you got your blog, you've got your podcast. I saw you have a teacher quiz as well, a teacher quiz, a teacher type quiz. Can you talk about um, that and some of the solutions that you have available for the educators that come and see you at the afroeducator.com? Yeah, absolutely. So um, it really kind of starts, I think about it in terms of a journey. And so that teacher types quiz is the start of the journey. And it's really identifying what are those intrinsic narratives that you may have internalized that are helping to fuel your burnout. So that's not to say that your burnout or your overwhelm is your fault, but it is to say that there are these social constructs and these narratives that we internalize about what it means to show up well as educators and as teachers that we grab onto and then we begin to make choices and model behaviors based on fitting into those narratives. Mm. So once you can identify that narrative, you can start to drill down into some of the choices that you're making that may be contributing to yeah. some of that overwhelm that you're feeling. So to make that tangible, I identify most as the hardworking teacher. There's four teacher types. I won't reveal all of them because I mm -hmm. want y'all to, to definitely take the quiz, but I'm the hardworking teacher. And so for me in the classroom setting, what that meant was that I felt like more work equaled more results. And so mm -hmm. I was constantly doing, 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 and I wasn't always thinking about is what I'm doing actually contributing to what I feel is most important about teaching and learning? Wow. I was the kind of person where I wanted to create more compassionate, empathetic students. That was really my bottom line goal. But what I found was that the work I was doing in, say, writing songs and creating dances and kind of doing the things that I thought were, you know, kind of the, the viral good teaching mm. sort of stereotypes, I was playing into those narratives because I thought that's what a hardworking quote unquote teacher does. And I wasn't thinking about if that was actually adding value based on how I wanted my students to leave my classroom. Mm. And so it helped me really prioritize what was most important. And based on my goal for my students, I was able to start doing things differently, which significantly impacted the burnout. So the journey starts at the quiz. And then from the quiz, I kind of make suggestions for where you can start along the path. So um, those suggestions are on the quiz, but then I also have um, one of the freebies that I have if you uh, subscribe to my website is this curated list of every single resource I have out there, uh, both free and paid based on where you are in your journey. So mm -hmm. if you want to know more about self-care and wellness, I have a big chunk of whether it's podcasts, whether it's um, worksheets, I offer um, sort of some um, self-guided um, type of uh, resources that help you drill down into thinking about what you want your impact to be in the classroom uh, so that you can show up in a way that, again, aligns with what's most important to you, which hopefully cuts down on that burnout. Yeah. Um, and of course, you mentioned those free resources, the blog and the podcast, but then there's also one-to-one um, -one coaching has primarily been um, how I have showed up for educators over the past four, four and a half years. Um, and it's been relatively sporadic because I've never offered it in like a structured way. It's been more of a word of mouth referral. People have mm -hmm. seen my content and wanted more. My goal, one of my goals uh, this year is to start a mastermind so that um, I can really be more intentional about group coaching and having teachers uh, with shared experiences being able to 
sort of help facilitate growing through that burnout together. So my hope is that when people visit the Afro Educator um, or, you know, what I'm working towards is that people visit the Afro Educator later in the year and they are able to, um, you know, access some additional resources where, um, you know, you're not only in community with other educators who are having maybe similar experiences, but then where we can also be in more of a one-on-one live type of setting as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. I thank you for sharing that goal. What do you feel like is a key lever that's going to help you reach that goal or take your business to the next level? Yeah, that's that's a, a great question. And I think maybe the most difficult question I've ever been <laughs> asked on any podcast interview. Um, no <laughs> <laughs> not at all. I think a key lever in helping me accomplish that goal is to, I've, I've got to put it out there. Um, and when I say put it out there, I, I need to share uh, with my audience, uh, with the audience that I already have, that this is something that they can look forward to. As long as it stays in my head is this idea or this hope that I have, I'm not sure that I'll have the accountability that's necessary Mm -hmm. for me to be able to follow through with it or the confidence that's necessary, uh, because that is still something that I struggle with. Um, And I remember telling someone earlier this year around New Year's that um, I was going to release an email saying that the mastermind was coming soon Mm -hmm. as a way to not only get my audience excited, but as a way for me to say, okay, you've put this out there and now you have no choice but to make it happen. So I think that is is definitely a fulcrum for me um, in being able to move forward is knowing that I have um, an expectant audience that I want to serve and that I'm excited to serve who know that this is out there and who are waiting on that opportunity. Mm. Well, guess what, Alexis? You just put it out there. (laughs) You just put it out there. It's true. I did, didn't I? I did, didn't I? So so by the time the episode comes out, we'll we'll have that announcement. It's gonna be um it's gonna be real. And 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 that's what I feel like it takes sometimes as well. That that's bold, that's courageous, and and you know, it's actually humility. It 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 takes somebody told me recently, because I somebody called me humble before. I was like, how am I humble? And I'm like, I'm up here speaking on the stage and I'm doing this and that. Like, I, I think I'm humble, but how do you see me as humble? And right. they said that your, your humility comes from your bravery and your courageousness. And it's humble wow. of you to kind of put yourself aside to be willing to serve other people or to, to really be vulnerable, to mm. be authentic, to put yourself like to take the cover off and put yourself on front street and let people mm. see it. That's humility. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, so to make that commitment and to do what you say you're going to do, that that's humility. And you even made the comment that like your your audience deserves it and it'd be selfish of you not to. Um, so thank you for putting it out there. Thank you for making that commitment. I would press you on some dates and timelines and stuff like that. But I won't no. do that part. <laughs> if you just tell me some steps, I would say, because to make it practical, you know, we're, we're small business owners we're growing. And I think it'd be helpful for folks to hear just briefly, maybe in three or four minutes, what do you see as the steps? Step one is format my mastermind. Step two is what? How how would you go through that process? Right. Uh, I think step one would be to zero in on the content that I already have out there 
that um, people want more of. So I have a very connected community online. I have uh, also data and metrics uh, that, you know, where folks are showing me what it is that they love mm. to see and that they want to hear. So I feel like the first step is for me to zero in on what's already out there that people want more of. I think the second step would be to format. The third step would be to think about accessibility uh, or not even accessibility. I would actually say uh, simplicity. What is the most kind of simple form that would allow me to make this information accessible, but that also won't bog me down in some of the minutia of the, you know, perfectionistic tendencies that I'll have to want to put this out there and have it be perfect. Um, so to recap, it would be to zero in on the content, format the content and then get the content out there as simply yet effectively as possible. Um, and then number four uh, would be to, uh, I think this is one of those kind of trust the process moments uh, and to have that level of confidence because even after it's created, I'm certainly someone, and I think you can relate to this too, uh, Trey, where even if I have it, there'll still be that fear to to put it out there. Maybe it doesn't mm. look a, as high quality as I think it should look, or maybe it doesn't have this bell or whistle that somebody else's right. mastermind has, right? Um, and then also just understanding that even if it's two people, right? Even if there are two people that are participating in that mastermind, that that is two people who are going to leave in a different place on their journey than they were when they started. Mm -hmm. And understanding that showing up for two people or 20 people or 200 people is still serving and that it's about the message, not necessarily the method. And so yeah. um, I think just being able to focus in on that will be, will be really helpful. Mm. Yeah, wonderful. Nice, nice steps. Now you're you're making commitment, and these are accountabilities that we're putting together. In right. I, I see. I, I get that. I get that we've moved into the coaching part. Yeah. Of this, and of I look. Interview. I didn't do this. Is my first time doing this as well. So we, you know, we're just on the spot here. If there's one thing that I would add for you, um, two two comments um, that I think would be key, and I, you you may already have this in your process, but I just want to say it explicitly. I think one, your value proposition as to what, what's going to make it valuable for them. And I think you mentioned it mm. with, the, um, with the data and the research that you've had with folks. And then um, another one is called an MVP, Minimum Viable Product. Mm. And, yes. and I've been taught, the way I was taught to build courses and to build programs is to do it as you go. And so mm. even you know your course or your mastermind doesn't have to be built all the way out for a year mm. or even a quarter you can set the first meeting and then figure out what people want mm. and build the content before your next meeting. And, and that doesn't make you fake. That doesn't make you farce or felonious because you have the knowledge. You're just making right. sure you're putting it in a format for folks to, um, to understand and to receive. So um, that, that'd be the, that'd be my thought to the minimum viable product. How can you, what's the, what's the quickest way to action and solution and getting that real time feedback that you have, even if it's, hey, I want to get five people to sign up for free and join me for a month of this free mastermind um, and going that way. So so that's my my piece is add the, the minimum viable product and um, understanding your your uh, value proposition would be the two pieces I'd add. 
I love that. Thank you so much for that, because I wouldn't have have thought about that. And these are conversations I have had with other folks in my close circle before. Um, and I and I love also that you affirmed that piece of it doesn't make you fake. It doesn't make you phony if you don't have it all the way built out, mm -hmm. because I have struggled with that and feeling like, am I really adding the value that I think that I'm adding if this isn't fully, you know, in all the way completely built out? So I appreciate that because yeah. that's that's helpful. Uh, and I definitely uh, respect your business acumen um, because I am, you know, hopeful that I can move more into the consulting space and and kind of be more intentional about that as well. I love the security of a nine to five, um, but I also am recently here really enjoying the notion that I could have the type of autonomy and creativity. Um, you know, maybe by by branching out a little bit, I'm I'm yeah. always hesitant to to put it all the way out there. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's I, I feel you. I feel you, Alexis, and and thank you for being um, open with me here this evening. And I've got some stuff I'm going to share with you offline as well. But it's it's you're, you're doing what you're supposed to do. And um, you know, before my my last thought before I left my dean of students role is like, hey, how can I make money on my day off? How can I, every time I have a day off, I got 10 days that I can take off in my full time. How can I do my best to make money on those days? So that'll make me get that confidence to move forward. So um, you're, you're doing it, Alexis. You know, we on the way. I'm still growing and we can learn from, from everybody, regardless of where you are in the journey. So yeah. thanks for being open with me um, and doing the same with you and trying out this new format. If, if you're listening and you like this format, you like talking about business, you, you, you like hearing these journeys of myself and folks like Alexis, let me know in the comments. Hit me up on Instagram, uh, LinkedIn at SEL Educators or Trey Gamage. And of course, you can find us at SELeducators.com. Alexis, where can the people find you on, on social media? Yeah, so you can find me on all social media platforms at The Afro Educator. The The is very important. Um, I'm also online. So if you just want a one-stop shop, www.theafroeducator.com. And if you know that you want to go ahead and join the squad, go ahead and type in www.theafroeducator.com slash squad. And I'll go ahead and start sending free stuff your way and we can become virtual besties. That's it. Thank you so much for listening. If you like it, share it with your friends and we'll see you next time. This is The Dash. Thanks for listening to us on The Dash Podcast. I definitely hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you liked it, share it with a friend, share it with an educator, share it with someone who needs to hear the message from this episode. You can visit our website, seleducators.com, to learn more about our online courses and professional development training for schools and districts. We'll see you next time. This is The Dash.